I want you to hold it up real high. I want you to say this like you mean it. Say, this is God's word. No, I want you to say it like it, it has life changing power in your life. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Redman's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that this weekend represents Independence Day in the natural. But we know that we were already set free when Jesus died on the cross for us. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So as we come gathered today to hear from the Spirit of God, from the Word of God, I decrease now so that the anointing of God can feed every person in this room spiritually. And that, Father, your Word will challenge us to grow so that we can take hold of and manifest the blessings that you already have prepared for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Because this is a new month, I will be freelancing, which means I will be sharing independent messages that are not really series-based, which means that you really won't know what I'm talking about until I get here. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he might talk about your mama. No, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. I'm just messing with you. So many times as we grow in Christ, we run into opportunities, situations, and even challenges that are new to us. And instead of examining and embracing these new opportunities, I believe as Christians, we tend to shy away from and stay in our comfort zone. However, in order to experience personal abundant life, say personal abundant life. Amen. Jesus came that we may have life and that more abundantly, but we must personally experience that, which means that we must be open to new opportunities when they present themselves to us. And because life does not always deliver to us what we wanted, we must know that every situation has been filtered through God's incubator before we experience it. In other words, whatever you will ever go through, you have to remember that it has been filtered through the mind of God before it got to you. Because if you are experiencing it, that's just the reason that God knows you can pass the test of whatever it is. So this morning, we will be looking at some principles that will help us in our confidence in approaching new things. So here's the topic of today's lesson. It is building confidence for new things. Building confidence 
to new things. And I know that's a different topic, but I believe by the Spirit of God, He is wanting uh, all of us to start expecting and experiencing some new things. But some of us have gotten so comfortable that when these new opportunities come, we don't pay any attention to them. And so whether it's a new job, a new relationship, whether it's a business opportunity, whether it's furthering your education or moving from that job that you've had for 15 years that you are just unhappy with. Or maybe it's an unexpected child that you figured out by now that you got. Oops, there it is. Whatever it is, it may be new to us, but it's not new to God. So I want you to find two verses of scripture. I want you to find Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, Isaiah 43, 19. And then I want you to find 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. That was Isaiah chapter 43, verses 59. And then I want you to find 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17. The first point I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this. God is a God of new things. God is a God of new things. And in order to receive these new things, we must be able to perceive these new things. I'm going to say that again. In order to receive these new things that God has, we must be able to perceive these new things. Are you in Isaiah 43? Look in verse 19. Well, look in verse 18. He says, remember you not the former things. Stop daydreaming about what used to be. He says, neither consider the things of old. I know the good times were in the olden days, but we, we texting now. We don't have rotary phones anymore. People don't carry beepers anymore. <laughs> The next verse says, behold, this is God talking. He says, I will do a new thing. He says, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? He says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love the NIV. This is what it says. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And that's the thing. In order for us to begin to experience new things in our life, we have to be able to perceive those new things. Everybody say perceive. And see, your perception, even though it may not be real, becomes your reality. In other words, whatever you tend to perceive in your mind is what your heart is going to believe. So what what we have to do now is begin to program ourselves to now begin to see and expect some new things. And the first thing we have to do is to begin to perceive that they're coming. In other words, you have to get a mental vision of what God's word says that's going to come into your life before it gets here. In other words, if God says he wants you blessed, regardless of what, what your state is right now, that's his promise for you. And so your perception needs to match what his word says. And many times we allow our perceptions to match our realities. And you know what ends up happening is we become stuck. 
Because if your perception matches your reality, then you wake up with no hope. And God is saying to us as a church and to you as individuals, I want to do something new in your life, but I need you to begin to raise your expectations. And then I want you to have the proper perspective on what I want to do. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. See, when you're talking about uh, a perception of doing new things, you got to sometimes step out of your comfort zone. There's a story about a man named Charlie Boswell. And uh, this guy, uh, he actually ended, ended up being injured in World War II where he lost his sight. And so uh, being an athlete before he actually got injured was still part of him even though he lost his sight. So he decided to take up a new hobby or a new sport even though he was blind and that sport was golf. So he began to play golf as a blind person and he won several times. Watch this. 13 times he won the honor of the national blind golf champion. Can you imagine somebody being blind, being able to play golf and being good at it? So one of his goals in life was to meet Ben Hogan. If you're a golf player, Ben Hogan was one of the best golfers in the world in his time. And he wanted to meet Ben Hogan. Well, he, he won this, this other championship, and so he got a chance to meet Mr. Hogan. And so when he met him, he says, hey, Mr. Hogan, I, I wanted to meet you all my life. He said, I'd really love to play around the golf with you. And Mr. Hogan said, I think I can make that happen. He said, okay, fine. He says, you know what? Why don't we play for $1,000 a hole? Mr. Hogan said, you know what? That wouldn't be fair. Because I can see and you can't. The man said, it doesn't matter. I want to play you $1,000 a hole. And Ben Hogan said, listen, I'm going to bring my best game. And the guy said, well, bring it on. And so Ben Hogan says, well, name the day and the time and I'll be there. He said, meet me at 10 o'clock tonight. (laughs) How many know Ben Hogan lost that game? But Charlie Boswell, what he did, he said, you know what? Even though I'm blind, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something new. And so we have to perceive what God is doing. Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Write this down as point number 2. We have been created to experience new things on a regular basis. We have been created to experience new things on a regular basis, and that's why a lot of our lives are boring. A lot of our lives are boring because we don't want to experience nothing new because we're stuck in our comfort zone. But let me say this to you. If God has something new for you, it's going to make your life better. In 2 Corinthians five seventeen, I love this. It says, therefore, if any man be what? Beware. In Christ, watch this now, all things are what? Passed away. And behold, what? How many things? How many things? Now, many of us have taken that verse to mean just spiritual uh, things. That's how we, you know, being born again. That's what he's talking about. No, 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 no. He said, behold, all things are becoming new. Which means that I should be experiencing on a regular basis some new things that God wants to do in my life. 
Experiencing new things should be normal and not abnormal. Why? Because it's a part of God's plan for our life. And you know what? I have discovered something. When a person stops believing God, stop expecting God, then your potential is at risk. And if your potential is at risk, guess what? Your new experiences will diminish. And I can just see God wanting to do some. See, some, I'm talking to somebody right now. You have not had a car note in so long, you are afraid to go get a new car. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. Just touch him, touch him, say, neighbor. I know he's talking to you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've been so comfortable all these years. Uh, listen, listen. And you have the money to get a new car, but you still are driving that car because you are afraid to go get a new car just because you're going to have a car note. My question to you is, is your God bigger than the car note you're going to get? Now, when he says, behold, all things are new. The word new, I want you to write this down, means uncommon. Watch this now. I like this one. It means unheard of. Man, God wants to do some stuff in your life that's unheard of. People be like, what? Amen. It means unheard of. Watch this. It means fresh and unprecedented. And then it means recently made and unused. You don't have to shop at the thrift shop anymore. Amen. You don't have to shop on eBay for somebody else's stuff. Go to the store. Abundant life can only be experienced when we are open to new things. Watch this now. Some new things we choose while, while other new things are chosen for us. In other words, I can just see Mary just waking up one morning. That's normal. But uh, Mary's body changed. She saw her stomach sticking out a little bit. What's going on here? Then this angel shows up and says, Mary, uh, you're pregnant. What? Now, that may not be new to you, but that was new to her. And see, sometimes we don't, we don't know that if it happened to us, God wants to make something out of it. And it's not until you are willing to risk your faith that you will see the new stuff come into your life. Amen. So I'm going to give you some principles here. And before I give you the principle, did you know Jesus liked new stuff too? I mean, there was, write down Luke chapter 19, verse 30, just so I give you the reference. But this is when Jesus told one, uh, two of his disciples, hey, go to this city, and, and when you get there, you're going to find a new donkey. Nobody's ever rode on him. Bring it to me. Yeah. And he could have used a used donkey. <laughs> I mean, he could have had a donkey that had some experience. But no, Jesus decided, I want to ride on a new donkey. 
do you? I know tradition says he was buried in a borrowed tomb. But if you look it up, he was actually buried in a new tomb. Oh, Jesus didn't have no used casket. He didn't want no being nobody, no casket where somebody else was. So how do you activate your confidence for new things? How do you do that? First of all, write this down. Never approach a new opportunity or situation through the eyes of your past failures or struggles. I'm going to say it again. Never approach a new opportunity or a new situation through the eyes of your past failures or struggles. Because if you do, you will never, ever embrace the new opportunity. God is trying to get some of you all to just open your mind to new possibilities. But because you've made so many mistakes in your past, you, you say you won't even open your mind up. And, and you can't, he can't do it. Listen, he can't do it until you perceive it. Okay, right now in America, there are about three to four hundred churches that close every month. Now, I could have looked at that statistic and said, you know what? I'm not going out there doing that. I will just play it safe. I will stay in the boat just like most of the disciples did except for Peter. Now, Peter, they talk about Peter. Oh, Peter stepped out of the boat. He started drowning. But he at least walked on the water. I mean, you can't fail until you try. Amen. So never approach a new opportunity or situation through the eyes of past failures. Approaching a new opportunity with old thoughts will cause you to self-destruct before you start. I'm going to say that again. Approaching a new opportunity... With old thoughts will cause you to self-destruct before you start. The Bible puts it like this. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. Amen. Here's number two. How do you activate your confidence for new things? Number two, you must pray for new things to come into your life and embrace them when they come. Pray for it. Say, Lord, I need some new things happening in my life. I need a new car. I need a new husband. I didn't say another husband. I said a new one. There's a difference now. A new one is just God worked on him in, 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 while he was sleeping. He woke up so sweet. Honey, how may I help you? Would you like br- breakfast in bed? No. Pray for the new things to come into your, to your, to your life. I prayed for a wife, but I didn't know it was going to change my life. I pray for a wife, Lord, I want a wife. But I didn't know that in doing that, I would have to be shipped to a new country. And to get some things God wants for you, you got to experience some new things, even if you haven't done them before. And some of you all are sitting there going, well, well, if I had this and well, I had that, go back to school then if that's the case. I talked to one of our members after 16 years of being in the teaching uh, industry, decided to go back and get uh, their doctors to, to be an a, a, a orthodontist. After 16 years, talking about going back to school in their 40s. But they own their own business right now. Because it's touch a neighbor, say neighbor. I'm touching you again. 
it's never too late. So you got to pray for some new things to come into your life. Here's number three. You must perceive these new things. You must know that God already has some new opportunities lined up for your life. He's already got, just like he already knew that those 5,000 people would need to be fed. He already had it set up. The Bible said Jesus already knew what he was going to do. So even though you may not know what you're going to do, God knows what you're going to do. Go to 2 2 Kings quickly. 2 Kings chapter 6. Let me show you how uh, you have to have a proper perspective. From See, when you get filled with the Spirit, you have to learn how to see things the way God does. See, when God looks at something, he don't look at it like we look at it. He's on the top looking down. Oh, he's not on the bottom looking up saying, oh, help me. He's on the top looking down at the situation. In 2 Kings chapter 6, are you there? Say, I'm there. I'm starting in verse 15. Here's a good thing. It says, uh, let's look in verse 13. And he said, go and spy where it is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him saying, behold, he is in Dothan. It was talking about they were looking for the prophet. Therefore, send he therefore horses and chariots and and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city round about. And when the servant... Of the man of God was risen early and gone forth. Behold, a host surrounded the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servants said to him, the man of God, alas, my master, what in the world shall we do? Look in verse now, 16. And he answered, fear not. You cannot let fear creep in when, when it's time for new things to happen. I mean, what's so fearful about putting your resume out there to look for another job? Well, Pastor, I've been with this job 30 years. So what? Listen, I, there's someone that I know. They were up, uh, they were, I think they're in their mid to late 50s. Been on a job like 14 years, changed jobs and made double. Amen. In verse, what did I stop off at? Verse what? Verse 16, and he answered him, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Verse 17, and Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may, what? See, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots. A fire round about Elijah. In other words, in order for you to start experiencing new things, the perception is, if God is for me, who can be against me? I don't care what other additional work they give me at work. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Perceiving is knowing before you're going. Write that down. Perceiving is knowing before you're going. And this is what gives you the confidence to embark on new opportunities. Listen, when it was time for me to get married, I knew God wanted me to get married. But I, you know, I had it figured out in my head how I was going to do it. I was going to, 
you know, propose, and then I was going to finish school, and then I was going to come back to America, and I was going to work for a while, get me some money, get me a place to stay, and have it all ready for my new bride, go back to Jamaica, get married, come back. How many know that wasn't God's plan? It's a great plan, but it wasn't his. And the Lord said, get married right after you graduate from school. I'm like, Lord, now I have been here two years on my savings. I don't have enough for no wedding now. And this is what he said to me. Are you going to get married according to your riches and glory or by my riches and glory? I said, well, I ain't got no riches and glory. He said, then you need to get married according to my riches and glory then. Because, see, what you don't know is what your eyes haven't seen and what your ears haven't heard and what has not even entered into your heart. There are some things that God has prepared for those who love him. And if you will stay focused, he'll reveal those things to you by his spirit. Oh, you don't need no prophet on TV laying your hands on there to see what God wants you to do. The spirit is on the inside of you. Here's another thing to do. You must prepare for new things to come into your life. Preparation plus opportunities equals success. Most people do not prepare for new things. They just think that it's going to happen and I'm going to be ready and the blessings are going to flow when God's been trying to get you to get your budget together right now. Do you know present actions equal future faith? I'm going to say that again. Present action equals future faith. In other words, you're showing your faith by your actions now. Because, see, God ain't going to give it to you first and then you do it second. You have to put your faith in action first. So you must prepare for new things to come into your life. And, and, and you know, I was, this was a couple of years, maybe three, years, three or four years ago, one of our members came to me and very frustrated with his job, having a difficult time, and it was boss. And just, just he, basically, he was ready to quit. We were sitting there at the restaurant. Pastor, I'm ready to quit. I, I just don't feel like I'm growing. I, I, I'm tired of this. And I'm tired of that. And I just feel I'm just ready to give it. I, I want to do something else. And so I don't know what he thought I was going to tell him. But I just felt the Lord told me to tell him, go ask for some more work. He was looking at me like, exactly like y'all. What? I said, go ask for some more work. Because I want you to write this down. Sometimes proving that you can do something comes before paying. Okay, y'all missed that, but I'm going to say it again. Sometimes proving comes before paying. In other words, you might have to put the work in first for them to see your potential so they can pay you second. And I know, I know, we, we live in this society where signing bonuses. We see all these ball players getting all these bonuses and all that. But listen, you're not a ball player. You're an accountant. <laughs> so you got to prepare. Listen to me. Are you listening to me? I had to prepare to do what I'm doing. I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a pastor. 
No, 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 no. Listen, first of all, I, be, I was trained to be a minister. I thought that training would never end. And then after being trained for five, six years, I went to school. I'm like, man, what else do I need to learn? Went to school. And it was when I was in school that God began to prepare me to pastor. And then 13 years later, he asked me to start. I'm like, man, either I'm dumb or God is slow. (laughs) Maybe I'm dumb. What do you think? (laughs) You have to prepare for the new stuff. Listen, if you want a second or third car, clean your garage out. How can you prove to God you want another car and there is no space in your garage to put it? You want some new clothes? You have no space in your closet for some new clothes. Give away some of those clothes. Give away some of those shoes. If you want a savings account, go open up one and just put $10 in there. Just, you, you, God can't put something in something you don't have. You must prepare. Look at your neighbor and say, you must prepare. And then last, you must get in position for these new opportunities to come. You got to get in position. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean by that? I believe God has a plan for everybody's life. And with that plan comes a path. And on that path, you will find provision. But then on that provision, you know what you're going to end up finding? You're going to end up finding now his ultimate plan for your life. But many of us, we jump on and off the path. We're not consistent on the path. And so you got to stay in position. You got to get in position. And I got in position. And I'm staying in position because how many know I can? it's easy to get out of position? All you got to do is listen to some of your friends. They'll get you out of position real fast. So you got to get in position. And here's my question. What is God saying to you this morning about this message? What is he saying? What is he trying to bring into your life that is new? What is he, what is he trying to get you to embrace? Because I'm, I see he's bringing some of y'all. Y'all already are in some new situations, but you haven't embraced them. You're still fighting it. It's almost like you're in denial. And he's saying, just embrace it. And in embracing it, I will provide for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here today. My question is, what is God saying to you?